And we call them, I'd call them back up like three or four months to see how they were doing, how everything was going. Um, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, how about your marketing campaigns? We make it so easy. And they're like, yeah, I did it once. Like, oh, you only did it once. Did it not work? Oh, no, it worked great. But then I didn't have time to run it again, and then I didn't have any work <laughs> the next time around. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster podcast. I'm your host, Joe Kowalski, CEO and Chief Architect here at Service Monster. Today, we have Adam from Training. We're going to do some deep dives into some feature sets. But before we do that, let's take care of some housekeeping. Uh, so what are we going to be talking about today, Adam, in our in our keeping our clients up to date? Yeah, so we don't have any new release notes this week, so I thought we'd kind of share like a bit of a harrowing story that happened here recently at Service Monster Headquarters. So I think since you were there directly, you might be the best person to share this story. With. We're going to open with this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so from your guys' point of view, this is about safety. Um, Eric and I, who he's the COO, uh, my business partner, um, we take the safety of our employees very seriously. So we're on our um, property company to make sure the lights in the parking lots are on all the time, for instance. We live in Bellingham, and what is it, like 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the winter, it gets dark. Yeah. Although you have to wait until like 10.30 before we have fireworks on 4th of July, <laughs> part of living uh, this far north. Um, but, yeah, we have an interesting story that kind of relates to security. So one day I was coming in. Um, as I normally do, and it's about 9.30 or 10 o'clock. You know, I work from 6.30 to like 9 outside of the office, just kind of catching up with Facebook, doing some meditation or reading books or whatever. So I come in at 9.30 or so, and I open my door, which it was locked to begin with, which was totally not usually a thing. It's not usually locked. Uh, and so I open the door, and there's this odd smell. And I look to my right, and there's these old pair of boots. Eric was right behind me, and he's like, uh, what what and I'm like what's that smell these boots and he's like well they might belong to that guy in the corner some homeless dude about six o'clock in the morning had apparently followed in some of the staff after they opened up they didn't see him he wandered around the building and ended up in my office uh, and then tucked himself under the table at first I was like okay I get it it's cold as shit outside I mean it was that that was really really cold weather oh yeah and, and I was like, get your crap and get out of here before I call the cops. And as he started to get up, I realized, like, he had all kinds of my shit on him. And so I'm like, you know what, Eric, call the cops. He's not going anywhere. And there was a little bit of a, not altercation, but he definitely wanted to leave. And I definitely was not going to let him leave. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, a cop came by five minutes, six minutes later. They brought the whole armada. There was like six cops swarm in the building. Um, they took the gentleman out and, uh, you know, he was obviously all drugged up and, you know, I got all my stuff. And of course I had to wipe everything down, worried about hepatitis and AIDS and like all that stuff. Cause he was, a uh, you know, a syringe user. I don't know what kind of flavor of drugs he was on, but right. Anyways, trippy story, right? I mean, I, I remember coming out and, and the cops were like, you know, well, I was really lucky, you know, we could have had something on him, you know? And, and, and then I just remember Eric was like, I was not worried about Joe, I was worried about the homeless guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, because at one point I had seen that, you know, 
anyways, I'm not even going to talk about that too deep on the thing. <laughs> but, you know, I, I went off. I, I went off, right, once I kind of figured out what he was up to and what right. he'd done. So, but uh, obviously, you know, that kind of stuff, I'm terrified for my employees. Like, for me, it's no big deal. I've handled that stuff my whole life. But, yeah, to, especially like half of our staff are female and, you know, we have a homeless transient population around here. So something that we got to watch for. Um, it's just safety overall, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's really kind of one of those things with Bellingham in general. You know, it's as far as crime statistics go, you know, it's pretty low as far as that goes. You know, we do have the mild weather, so, you know, the homeless population is a little bit higher. But really just kind of tying that together, even in a safe environment, you know, you feel like you're in, like, a good spot. Always making sure that you are, you know, handling and being on the up and up, so to speak, of – you know, the company policies and things like that. So you are protecting your employees. And so I think that's really what the message all kind of ties down to. Yeah. And we had to, you know, take a look at our access, right? Who we were giving access to in the building. And we've always been really kind of knowledge, you know, uh, mindful of that. Um, and so, but this was a different incident. So we did change our policies a little bit. I think they're keeping the door locked until eight. Yep. Um, so they come in at six and, you know, if those six to eight o'clockers don't have their keys, they're going to have to message someone in the building to come let them out. So, yeah. Interesting. Thought, thought we might, you might get a kick out of that. That was like, what, four weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah. Something about like that. Yeah. The funny thing was I was on a call. Everyone else was, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. And I'm just, you know, life as usual, just training someone. Like for, I didn't realize what was going on. For a good 30 seconds or a minute, I was like yelling. And I thought the whole building could hear me. And then I come out and they're like, oh, yeah, we can kind of hear. We thought you might have been firing somebody. I'm like, it, never do I yell at an employee, even when I'm firing somebody. Like I, yelling um, in the business environment just isn't in my nature. I may have done a lot of soul searching at home. And, you know, I, I think for the last couple of years I've been much more mellow. But, yeah, anyway, moving on. Moving on, Yes. <laughs> Um, I did want to touch on the Zapier email, you know, kind of just following up on what we talked about last, last night. Week. Mm-hmm. Um, last night, last week, yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael did send out that email. Um, so really, if anyone is already kind of aware of what Zapier is, they have a little bit of knowledge on that, the email went out. You guys can access that beta, and it'll help us get out of that so that we can kind of push towards, you know, more users being able to you know, use that program. So I just kind of wanted to. Yeah. And Zapier is weird too. They, they want us to have six or sorry, 10 active users before they take us out of their beta program. But an active user is someone who's getting zaps on a regular basis. And so we, while we have like 30 people that have hooked up Zapier, uh, the amount of zaps they execute, like somebody goes to their website and fills out a web form are fairly low, like one every three or four days or something. And so right now they're juggling that. And it looks like we've only got six or seven. So I need more of you guys to sign up to Zapier and uh, and get hooked up so we can cross that threshold. I got a lot of good stuff coming, rust hooks and whatnot we talked about last week. So. Right. Yep. So I think with that, uh, we'll just dive right into some of the smug posts. Okay. And, uh, you know, Sam had brought up, really there were multiple kind of instances on this. Um, over the weekend, I think it started on Sunday. Brenda was the first one who kind of touched on it. But there's something wrong with the SM6 reports um, oh, earlier yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. And so just just want to kind of tell everyone what was going on, why SM5 reports you know, were still accessible, because that, that question got brought up a lot. Um, and then just making sure that uh, everything there is 
He's good to go. Yeah, well, we should probably talk to David. He stumbled through it. So Randy is in charge of kind of the report server, but he was out sick that day. Um, you know, came in, or I guess, I don't know if he tried to come in. He does that a lot. He'll try to come in and have a migraine and right try to tough it out, and it, it just wasn't working for him that day. So I didn't want to bug him, but I knew those reports were kind of necessary. So I called Dave, and he looked that night um, and dug in, and in the morning played with a couple things and then finally got it working. I think it was, well, 16 hours or something that the advanced reports in SM5 and the reports themselves in SM6 uh, were erroring out. So uh, I'll fix. Sorry about the delay on that. You know, sometimes people call in sick, especially if they're specialists. That's just what we have to deal with. I'm not going to dig Randy out of bed to kind of chase that down. Dave was able to actually fix it. It was just a server reboot. Um, the report server sits on top of a third-party tool, and that third-party had an error that we've never experienced before, and it brought down part of the server stack for the reports. Uh, so that what was going on. The difference between Service Monster 5 reports and 5 advanced reports, um, how deep should I go on that? The, there are two different report servers, right? Service Monster 5 reports are embedded into the product. So anytime we had to do a new report update, we'd have to push a new build. And you, know, you don't really want to do that. Most products operate that way, but I'm a big fan of separation of concerns. You'll hear us talk a lot about that from a dev point of view development point of view. And so um, we separated the report server onto its own thing. Uh, and so that's why it could crash and not affect everything else. Um, and at the same time, the advanced servers, uh, the advanced reports in SM5 are, are being delivered from the new server stack. Service Monster 6 doesn't know anything about the old reports in 5. It only serves up the reports from advanced SM5 reports. That makes sense? That makes sense. Cool. So the next one, um, don't want to dive super far into, um, just because, you know, roadmap, future, you know, never really know how the feature set's going to end up. But uh, Tim showed uh, a couple of side-by-side screenshots comparing Five's schedule to um, SM6 about yeah. how they how they stack <laughs> and kind of sliding things Point out. Point of contention for a while now, yeah. Yeah, and I just really kind of wanted to, I don't know, bring everyone into the fold. You know, the schedule update is coming. We talked about that briefly last week, kind of uh, – that schedule that's on that quick ad is kind of like uh, what it's being built off of as far as snapping and things like that. Yep. And I guess really just to take a, you know, shout out to Aaron. Uh, like I said, we don't want to, you know, force any feature sets until, you know, we have the in product as far as diving down into that. But Aaron's been working hard on this for a couple of a couple, couple of months. months. Yeah. yeah, it's like two and a half months. He's actually supposed to check in his code for production testing uh, this evening. Oh, nice. Um, so even if it's Monday or Tuesday, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So just days away. This is a complete schedule rebuild of Service Monster 6 schedule. Um, it's amazing how there's not really any good tools that we could just purchase off the self. We end up having to create this stuff from scratch. This is like our fifth reschedule rebuild. Um, the one in six was – that was done by Matt, uh, one of our senior engineers. Um, great layout. Uh, I think the architecture, he would even say, yeah, maybe I should have approached it a little different. The main problem, though, is the rendering speed, which right. we didn't even realize until it was out in the wild. Um, so if you have a lot of trucks and a lot of jobs, it takes a long-ass time to draw all that stuff on there, you know, maybe 6, 8, 10 seconds, um, sometimes maybe even 30 seconds if you have, like, Paul's got I don't know how many trucks and days and so forth. The new schedule completely rewritten in a different way 
renders when that term we use how, how geeky we need to be here right, right. So rendering is the concept that uh, it's drawing on the screen so that you can interact with it and use it and uh and that drawing on the screen with the new schedule so much faster i mean it's like a 10x increase oh yeah it's, it's pretty much just instant yeah it, it's pretty badass and so um but because of that general tech, like we had to build everything back up. We had to build up the sidecars. We had to build build up. But it's gorgeous. He's done an amazing job. We've taken all the feedback that we've gotten from SM5 users who don't want to switch to 6 because we're missing some of those details or we've taken up some weird space. All right, those job blocks, maybe the top was was a little too much without the details to show. Um, the new The new one is so good. So good. I'm excited to get it out. So, you know, hopefully it'll clear testing within the next couple of weeks and we'll be part of our next push. It won't be just to make sure everybody doesn't freak out. It won't just show up one day. Um, you'll actually go into the schedule and have to say, give me the other schedule view if you want to play with it. And we'll do that to make sure. I mean, everybody lives on the schedule, right? I showed you the stat. Oh, yeah. It was like, what, 600 times more views on the scheduling screen than anywhere else in the app. It's ridiculous how much time you guys actually focus and live on that schedule. So we want to make sure that that's right. So you'll help us with that. So you'll go in there when we release the new schedule, and you'll say, give me the new schedule, and then use it and play with it, and we'll get the feedback, and we'll get everything smoothed out over you know, a week or two once it's released. But we are super excited for that because that will give us the ability to move forward and put blocking and color coordinating and, hey, a tech is out for the day and make it a lot easier to do those kinds of things once we – get the baseline in place and in production. And that's just it. You know, this is just the first iteration of it. Like, it's going to be, you know, even more advanced things go on top of that afterwards. I've been trying. Like, I'm like, when we get to this next other thing, we'll put in that, you know, the color codes for order groups. Um, But, you know, again, fifth rebuild, it's like once we recognized the rendering wasn't going to cut it, uh, we just got to work and started rebuilding it. And so why pump that version full of features right right and so the feature train stops until we get the replacement built um but yeah no we're happy we're just right on the heels very nice so the next one uh, i wanted to use maybe as a teaser for an upcoming podcast uh kevin was talking about the automatic follow-up text you know asking for a review Mm -hmm. you kind of went through you know hey you can already do that you know to a certain extent as far as the you know, the job reminders after the job. A lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. that, that functionality exists. Um, but you know, before or after. Exactly. You could actually set up the Fill My Schedule eight-step campaign solely on reminders, right? Yeah. You don't even have to use the drip campaigns. You can use the reminder system to do that. So it's kind of a little overlap there, which is kind of neat. Right. Um, but because you tied that into Twilio and kind of taking that functionality one step further, um, it just felt like, Kind of, I guess, acknowledging that, maybe kind of tease our audience for something that might come up here in the upcoming weeks just on that reminder or the integration side of things. So, Yeah, um, well, I mean, Twilio's already in place. You can go to the marketplace and hook that up. It's, you know, I in the post I made it kind of sound techy. Um, I was just trying to consolidate the information because I was busy. But um, Twilio allows – email gets sent through a process we call SMTP, Simple Transfer Mail Protocol. SMS, I don't even know what what that thing stands for, Um, simple message service, I don't know, made it up. Um, It's it's the texting platform that we use. It's how we send data and messages around. And so you can, not only can you set up your own SMTP, not accept the service monster's defaults, 
which I strongly suggest don't use SMTP service monster defaults if you can avoid it. And the reason is because spam filtering and so forth is much um, more restrictive on a pipeline that everyone uses versus one that you can control. So you can actually take Google email and use that as an SMTP provider. So using your your email that way. And then all kinds of fun things happen. But that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Just like that, there is an SMS pipeline. So you can go to the marketplace and you can open up Twilio uh, and then you can plug in your Twilio credentials. And what this allows you to do is send text through Service Monster, whether they're reminders to your technician when a job is moved around or reminders to your clients. And you can automate it. So it happens automatically before the job, which is nice. But for those who have volatile job uh, placement, like they're moving things around quite a bit to try to fit things out, that might not be ideal. And so on mobile technician, you've got a two-tap process that will allow you to kind of do an I'm on my way text and also perhaps a reminder, you know, tomorrow we're going to be there, text or email. Um, and then you can, like we were talking about, you can use those for follow-ups. You can hit them up on text six months later. Hey, time for a cleaning again. Would you like to schedule? So it's a pretty cool piece of technology. Um, now, Paul has been on us a little bit, and I did not know this, so i got to go do a little bit more digging. But apparently Twilio is nice because it allows them to respond back, which will show up on a number of your choosing. Right. Very few of our competitors do this, actually. Most of the time, it's just they fire it off, and it's a no-reply system. But having that Twilio integration allows them to respond back and have it show up on a phone number of your choice so you can carry on a conversation. Some of our clients are asking us to pipe the SMS texts through Service Monster directly. So their texts can use Service Monster to receive the reply and then have a conversation. That's a little more tricky, right? I'm not saying that we won't do it. I think that that would be a great feature. And I want them to be able to do that from the desktop too, like a chat, right? Uh, which would be cool. But um, it'll take them a minute to kind of put that in the pipeline. Um, what else did you want me to talk about there? That pretty much covers it. I think really just the one thing to clarify um, just for our users who maybe aren't fully aware is the default is going to use our phone number because the Twilio defaults uses, you know, that one phone number. You still have to go into into the marketplace, use that Twilio account, set up your own so you can control the phone number. Yeah, otherwise it's a do not reply type of exactly. a deal. Yeah. And and I would strongly suggest just like I would suggest you using your own SMTP service. Um, I would strongly suggest you use Twilio to do your own SMS service. The only exception, I guess, to that rule would be text to technicians. So if all you're doing is text to technicians, no big deal. Use our default pipeline and it should work just fine. Yep. So thanks, as always, to our smug users for their collaboration with each other. You know, I just always like to take that moment for them. And there was no easy way for this transition, so I just kind of wanted to change gears a little bit. Last week, we focused on lead acquisition, Mm -hmm. and then you and I were kind of chatting and thought maybe this week would be good to kind of look on not quite the flip side of marketing but the other kind of avenue that gets forgotten a lot and you hammer at home a lot client retention client retention client retention client retention now we have an in-house program built entirely on this you know called fill my schedule yep and so if we focus on that for today just like the fill my schedule program you can you mentioned the eight-step program just a little bit ago um but let's just discuss let's break this down a couple things first you know why is client retention so important um, how your research 
for, for that kind of led to the creation of Fill My Schedule. And then why in this day and age is direct mail still valuable? You know, aren't we in the, the, the digital age? age? Yeah, like, yeah. We're a software company. You know, what is the direct mail? Why is that still so important? So, um, well, well, first of all, Fill My Schedule or FMS, you'll see us refer to it as that, is basically us sending out these thank you and reminder cards for you, right? The eight-step program is um, basically a thank you. Then they get a card three months after the job, six months, nine months, 12 months, 15 months, 18 months, and finally 24 months. And we can you know, kind of break the messaging down there. And this is something that you can do inside Service Monster via drip campaign or marketing campaign setup, and you can run it on your own, which is how we designed it at first, right? So back in 2004, when we first pushed the product out, we'd have like a training uh, right. So this is when there was just three of us. <clears throat> we do the training and we call them. I'd call them back up like three or four months to see how they were doing, how everything was going. Um, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, how about your marketing campaigns? We make it so easy. And they're like, yeah, I did it once. Like, oh, you only did it once. Did it not work? Oh, no, it worked great. But then I didn't have time to run it again. And then I didn't have any work <laughs> the next time around. Uh, And then it dawned on me because we were one of the very first software as a service company who held the client's data in a secure location. Um, Duh, we could do it for you guys. And so we started running Fill My Schedule. We bought a couple cheap printers to kind of do a test pilot. And uh, we started printing cards for them. And it was cool because, you know, everybody was, was, like, stoked about it. It just... It really is, was a turning point for us in profitability, too. That was the key piece. Um, and then we started doing data on it. We started sending out more and more cards. More and more people started jumping on it. And uh, now, as of today, I mean, we send out fifty to 80,000 cards a month out of our downstairs facility. We don't third-party it. A bunch of college kids stuffing envelopes and, and licking stamps. Um and uh, you know, they don't really like the stamps. Costanza, right? They'd all die. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's, a, it's an amazing program that gets 800% national ROI, which is ridiculous. So every dollar you put into it, you get nine back. And, you know, client retention is the number one way to build your business. Because you can get new clients in all the time. But if you're losing them out of the backside, you're being very transactional. You're not establishing a long-term relationship, and there's no real growth opportunity there unless you find the magic secret pill to pull in a bunch of leads. Once you've, your business has hit about two years, you should really start seeing a shift in clients coming back to you. And that doesn't happen automatically. I'm, so many guys, I made a post this week, you know, it's like, man, yeah, my clients just come right back to me. I don't have to do no marketing. They wear it like a badge of honor. It's like, oh, wow, really? All your clients just come right back to you, huh? You guys must be freaking killing it. You've, you've crossed the, you know, Hell's Valley. You're past a million in revenue. Oh, no, I'm still on the truck. I struggle all the time. I can't pay my bills. What are you doing? Like, where the marketing, not doing any marketing is a badge of honor, and yet you wonder why you can't grow. You know what's wrong. What are you doing? Um, and so any type of client retention program is going to be, provide a massive boost to your business. So my favorite part about Fill My Schedule is everybody's like, holy shit, it works so good. It's like, yeah, but it's the doing of it and doing it consistently that makes it work, right? So 
if you were to do this on your own, you're going to get those same results. Now, are you going to get the same results via email? Right back to your question with direct mail, and the answer is no. It's cheap to do the email; it doesn't cost anything to do the email. Um, but you know, people are so flooded with spam and messages and all that kind of stuff. Unless you're delivering value content to them on a regular basis, they're not going to pay attention to your email at scale. Like maybe one Z or two Z, right? But the interesting thing is, everybody's going digital, so they're running away from the mailbox. And so now, when these cards show up, it's like, oh wow. My carpet cleaner took the time to send me a freaking card, a physical, tangible, th- and they're gorgeous too. They feel great. They look great. The print's amazing. So it's that quality in a stamp or in an envelope with a stamp, right, that touch that, that really gives them that personal touch. And, yeah, we still get junk mail, but not to the degree we used to. So it's a very open uh, product. Now, the messages on the Fill My Schedule are, were kind of dialed in over the last 14 years, Right, the thank you is a give to give. You're not asking for anything. Uh, the three month card is a reminder of all the products and services because the number one thing that service providers suck at is client retention and client retention strategies and consistency. The number two thing they suck at is making sure your clients know all the different products and services that you offer. And so the three month card is supposed to be a stopgap for that. Here's all the other products and services that we offer should you need them. The six month is a touch up. Hey, any been any accumulated dirt, spills, or stains, give us a call. We'll take care of it. You can make that mean whatever you want. Uh, and then the what we call the money makers, the 9, 12, and 18-month cards, they're just straight-up reminders. The 9-month is, hey, time to get your carpets clean or you know, time to, time to wash the windows. At uh, 12 months, it's, mm, yeah, it's time to do it. Uh, And at 18 months, it's, ooh, gross, it's been too long. Time to get the service taken care of and get it off your plate. Now, obviously, if you're paying attention, I skip the 15-month. The 15-month is a recurrence of the three-month. It's a reminder of all the additional products and services that you offer. And then the 24-month card is the last-ditch efforts. One of these, right, we miss you. Um, and it's just your last ditch. Like you don't want to hit your database for the people who are over two years to the same degree that you hit the people that have used your service under two years. Okay, I hear some groaning in the audience. If you are a air duct cleaning person or if you do tile and grout and you use protectant that you guarantee for four years, you could extend it. But realize you're going to be spending more money on your database over that longer period of time. Maybe switch to an email program after two years would be effective and and kind of wise. Our data shows that a client after two years intrinsically has no real value, that the chances of getting them back are equal to that of obtaining a new prospect. I mean, it's nice that you have the person in the database and you've got all the history and so forth, but like statistically speaking, bringing them back into your company after two years, eh, just like if you just pulled them off the street um, in the first place. So, um, And then one more tidbit I'd like to throw out there is the three-month campaign, which was really interesting. We, we'd been processing Fill My Schedule for four or five years, and then I was having a chat uh, with a gentleman who was you know, all like, man, this is amazing, so good. And I looked at his data he was getting like 1,200% ROI off his three-month reminder. Totally blew me away. So I got all curious and spent two weeks digging through the database, finding out that it was not an outlier. It was a phenomenon that people were actually making money off their three-month campaign. 
you know, only three months after service. And so I started calling up clients. I'm like, hey, are you noticing this? Yeah, I, I am. It's great. It's like, can you tell me about the experience? Well, they're typically getting some other service. Oh. It's kind of upselling themselves. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I was I did a whole blog post on it. You know, we've been talking about it for years. I did a re-up on the data to make sure my stats were still current about two years ago. And it seemed to be holding true that that three-month reminder card is prefer- performing almost as well as the actual reminder cards. But they're getting additional products and services from you. So that's pretty cool. So, again, if you're going to build a business, if you're going to want it to grow, client retention has to be 50% of your marketing strategy. It has to be, you know, really what you do to keep your customers from going to other people, to other competitors. Uh, once you have that client, you want to keep them forever. Um, and then now if you look at the compounding fact on that, let's see if I can do this via um, – podcast, it might be a little tough, but let's just take two examples, right? Company A and company B. If company A and company B have all the same stats, same average invoice, the same margins, the, you know, the same lead acquisition pace, right? Certain X number of new clients per month. If company A has a 25% repeat rate, they get stuck at 200K and they can't grow. And I talk to these guys all the time, five, six years in. It's like, Joe, what the hell, dude? I cannot grow. What's your repeat rate? Oh, I don't even know how to calculate that. Or they give me the number for the last month, right? Not the full range of client history. Um, The guys who are doing 60, 65%, if you run the math out, within five to six years, they'll have a million-dollar business. No changes in margin, no changes in in, uh, number of new prospects coming in, no change in average invoice, additional products. That's it. The difference between a 25% retention rate and a 65% retention rate is the difference between a 200K business that's stuck and a million dollar business that's thriving. So client retention's got to be your number one priority as a service provider, right? You have some services of built-in retention, pool cleaners and maid services, right? They're regular commercial work, regular really occurring revenue for those clients. And that's great. So I do push commercial work if you're struggling and you need to kind of like pivot and make some extra cash and, you know, uh, pull the business in. And there are lots of people. I got a guy in Singapore uh, that follows me on social media. Um, he, he does something crazy like $30 million a year in revenue. He's got 100 people. It's all commercial, and it's all tile and polish. And now, Singapore, right? Everybody's a freaking millionaire in Singapore. I think they have like 8,000 per square kilometer or something stupid because everything's so packed in. You know, everything's vertical, right? Um, and it's a very, very wealth. It's the number two highest per capita income place on, on the planet. Really? Yeah. So I always tease him about that. And he's like, well, you just got to do this. I'm like, well, shit, when everybody's got cash, man, it's much easier <laughs> to sell stuff. But when you're in northeast Nebraska trying to pitch carpet cleaning services for 250 bucks a cleaning, it's not as easy. Hey, man, I, I grew up in that area. So, I mean, the, those farmers have dirty boots. You know, you gotta, I was technically in Colorado. So anyone from Colorado, I'm sorry, I am a CU buff guy. So I don't want to – but, yeah, the uh, – you know. Farmers have dirty boots. Got to clean those carpets. That's right. God, I know. And my, my little homestead, you know, keeping that up. So, yeah. So, you know, um, 
the way it sits right now, fill my schedules, the content inside is kind of defaulted for you, but you can change it. Um, you can print stuff on the top if you want to do like services or offers or coupons or anything like that. I normally don't suggest them, but plenty of our clients do it and plenty of our clients get some return off that. Um, you can do something like putting uh, cards, business cards in the envelope, put three of them in your thank you and say, hey, refer people to us. That would be kind of cool. Um, so there's all kinds of ways that you can use that Fill My Schedule program. We have a handful of card fronts because currently you can't use your own art design on the outside of the card. But that's changing, right? Developments um, 85 to 90% complete on custom front technology, which is going to you know completely change the game for Fill My Schedule. So for you guys who are waiting for custom fronts, obviously that's huge. Ryan Kitterig has a design collection as part of Fill My Schedule. You can select the Kittering collection. Um, but the big bang for him getting involved in that and doing those cards for us was getting more work. And if we're not providing custom fronts, there's not a lot of work being generated from it. So Ryan, get ready. <laughs> I think when we come out with custom fronts, like we don't want to do design. So everyone who's going to ask me, Joe, dude, do our design. I'm going to say, no, like, I don't want to argue with you over cornflower blue for, a, <laughs> for a $200 take. No, thank you. So I'll give that to Kittering and let him uh, let him have those debates with you. Uh, so look for that. The custom fronts are coming soon. Uh, and I will say one more thing to point out. <clears throat> These are not postcards. People say all the time, postcards, postcards, postcards. These are tent fold cards, four by six tent fold cards that go inside of an envelope with a stamp. So, you know, much nighter. Think a birth announcement, wedding invitation, that kind of a thing, right? Uh, so, and I think that's part of the reason why they're effective. Um, they're 81 cents plus postage is how they're priced. Um, and again, it's, you know, somebody's like, man, that buck, what is it? Buck 60, buck 70 a card or whatever with postage now. Um, I think it's a dollar fifty, right under a dollar fifty because the postage jumped like 10 cents. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, but even with that, I'm like, dude, it's 800% ROI. You want us to charge you more. If we can keep the 800% ROI and you give us a hundred bucks. That's still good for you. Right. So, you know, too many people get caught up in the cost and not the value, which is, um, you know, the return. If you're going to try it, I would suggest making sure you stick with it for three months because it's that consistency that's really going to help kick things in. And that's about when we see the numbers settle down to what they're going to be. Uh, and most people are over that 800% ROI. That's just the national average for those cards. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, – it's really interesting that the three month uh, story. I remember when you were talking to me about that. Uh, I don't know, gosh, probably my second month here. We were kind of going through some old blogs and things like that. And I think it was actually Paul. If it was someone else, I apologize. But it was just a, a month or two ago. Some users in Smug were asking, like, how do you guys use FMS? What do you guys do for client retention? And he actually mentioned, like, yeah, I, I went with the three month program. I really didn't want to. Like, I was definitely kind of dipping my toes in there. And then it came back and, not, you know, huge ROI. And I think it was his second or third highest. And he was shocked. But, you know, it's just kind of one of those scenarios where, you know, don't knock it till you try it, I guess. Yeah, seriously. Um, and, you know, you can try it on your own, too, if you want to try to keep the cost down. But who wants to lick envelopes and freaking stamp stamps and you guys just don't do it that's the fact of the matter you guys are not doing your client retention and so you know it was up to us to give you a button so we gave you a button now you we can do it for you so you can do it on your own you can do it through service monster with our drip campaigns and marketing campaigns and prep all the material and print them out and do all that stuff 
or you can get hooked up through Fill My Schedule, and we'll just do it for you, and that'll be it. Um, last time I checked, I think it was 58% of our database was actively using Fill My Schedule. So it's definitely people take advantage of it. People sign up only for that product and then learn about the other CRM aspects in reverse. Um, but it's it's it was a major game changer for both Service Monster and the industry when we uh, when we launched it. What in like '06? I think too, like if you're gonna pull anything from that whole um, kind of bit about fill my schedule and the client retention is. You know, it's literally, it's written in our software name, like CRM, like building that relationship. And I really loved, you know, I talked to uh, Jay Young, and you guys had an interview a year or two ago, I think, with uh, with him in the conference room there, about how this isn't a transactional relationship. You don't mm-hmm. want that. And so if you don't have something to retain those customers, you're never going to build that relationship. And, you know, we want long-term. So that's the... Yeah, we want those clients keep me, keep calling you on a regular basis. You don't have to chase it down. Uh, and, and again, it's just a compounding fact. If you can continue to get your current clients to come back to you while still building new clients coming in, then it just makes for a nice growth, nice growth trajectory. So I think just kind of a piggybacking off of that, I'll just really quick, you know, someone asked a question. So how can I track this? You know, you're throwing out this ROI, you're throwing out these numbers. How do I track it in the system? And you know, really, there's a couple of easy ways. It's a snapshot in our, you know, in our software. So in SM6, you know, you have the FMS deck right there on, on the homepage. Tracks your basic, you know, KPIs, ROI, it's all written in there. Yep. And FMS also has this, its own section completely in the software, both five and six. You know, that tab in five, the little section there, the navigator in six, it shows you what your trend is. It shows you what your kind of your growth is, what that return is, you know, and so on. And it shows you all your orders and all the clients that got sent, and you yep. kick people off the list. And yeah, it's a, it's fairly comprehensive. And it uh, just kind of going from there too. Just kind of piggybacking, like you said, like it shows the jobs and so on. Uh, a question we hear a lot when Annette is you know talking to, for, during the marketing consult is, how do I control my spending? Like, is, I mean, is this just money that's just flying out that I'm not in, aware of? And the great thing is that the approvals in, 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 in all of our users' hands. Yeah. Nothing gets sent out until you guys, you know, approve that. Some people grumble about it. They yeah. want it on auto, but I won't do it. I just I just don't want that ding in your account, right, right without your knowledge. Because sometimes you could have a, a, a fruitful summer, and now all of a sudden in the winter you're, you know, spending a couple hundred bucks on cards, and you may not experience uh, a positive <laughs> effect on the wait wait what i was gonna buy christmas presents with that cash uh, so you do get to control it you get to turn it on and then as far as tracking goes we actually show you two numbers one that we call inferred and one we call tracked so the tracked data is you have taken the lead source on an order and set it to a fill my schedule card um that's the most direct way. And so those tracked records are definitely, how'd you hear about us? I got your card. Let me set that as a lead source. But I hear all the time, man, she told me it was uh, the, the magnet or the bottle of spotter or they found it on the Google box. And they show up to clean the carpet and that damn card is just sitting right on their table. Yep. And it's like, oh. because if you're doing brand building correctly, you're hitting them on multiple channels. So where did you hear about us starts to lose its value, not to lose its value in tracking. You still need to track it, 
But what does it mean? If they seen you in six places, which was the one that really won them over? Answer, it was a cumulative dogpile effect. And so, uh, you know, that's why we look at the inferred results. The inferred results will attribute the card to the sale directly as long as it's within 60 days. So if the card got shipped to them and then they booked a job within 60 days, the inferred result will say card one. And so you have this tracked result and this inferred result. Now, the truth is somewhere in between. And then we get people like, well, what if they were going to call me already? Like, bullshit. Get that out of my face. Like, that's not even worth a discussion. They were going to call me already. Some of them might have. And yeah, did you waste a buck 30 or buck 40 on the dang thing? I I would argue no. It's a good brand building anyways. But uh, at scale, having a solid, consistent client retention strategy is the best way to build your business. So you look at those two numbers, the inferred and the track, and you kind of can imagine that's somewhere in between. I think to uh, just talking to Annette, she would be rather upset with both of us if we didn't mention that there are occasional other uses for this um, oh. kind of one-off blasts, yep. like the holiday blast we do right before uh, the uh, Christmas holidays. Yep, and we also have one coming Somewhere up right there. here. Spring, um, hello, baby. spring. Yeah, yeah. So you know the polar vortex is about winding down. We got our. We got a really weird snow yesterday here in Bellingham. Yeah, it never snows in March here, ever. And uh, that was just, it was like, whoosh, blanket. And my kids were making giant, you know, uh, snowmen and so forth. But uh, now most of it's gone. So we're heading into March. Things are going to be warming up. The phone's going to start ringing. But if you can get your spring cards out quickly, uh, that should generate a decent amount of business. Right. It's the end of the winter. So everybody's out of cash and there's still no jobs. Right. Your coffers are running dry. Your grain stores are, you know, eaten up by mice. And so it's time to get those uh, replenished. And that's a good way to do it. Uh, The spring um, card set would allow you to kind of hit a good portion of your database and just say, give me work. Right. And then, of course, we do that um, for Thanksgiving and Christmas. We have holidays. We also have cards that actually say Merry Freaking Christmas. And they don't say freaking, but they say Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, so a lot of people like those. The Christmas ones are, again, a give to give. It's kind of, you know, expect jobs from that, although people get some. Um, it's turning the worst time of the year to actually ask for carpet cleaning. But having that card on the mantle, like, means a lot. So I like that. Spring cards, though, man, that's about drumming up money. That's about cash. So if you haven't got your spring cards in yet, let's uh, get a call into a net and make that happen. Oh, yeah. I think really the one last thing to tie off of that, too, um, that we kind of skipped past, is that you can really dive down. You don't have to just filter to every single person who has work done, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why the spring blast, you can maybe target some certain Heavy areas, hitters, right? right? Or dollar amounts, dollar right? Dollar amounts, exactly. Target zip codes, target uh, area codes, target like people who, you know, gave me work th- it was more than 300 bucks, like whatever uh, whatever you want to target. So you don't have to hit your whole database, you're right. I would start though with everybody in the two-year window because you don't know how that minimum charge client, that $150 client, you're doing minimum charges, right? That minimum charge client can turn into a heavy hitter uh, just because you established the relationship. So um, something to look forward to that too. Just And then, yeah, if it's like, whoa, I don't want to spend that kind of cash, then you can start looking at maybe it's only the people who have used me in the last year. Maybe it's people who've only spent more than $200. Maybe it's 
you know, west side of the tracks, like whatever your geography looks like to you, um, you know, maybe a good idea to filter those down if you want to save some money. If marketing is part of your game and you know you're going to spend 10 to 15% of your budget on marketing every year, which is really what you should be targeting, um, then most people are like, screw it, let's hit them. All the people that have done work for them the last two years. And uh, just another touch point. Totally. I think really it just boils down to we're here to help them. You know, however you guys want to use it, we're here to help. Yeah. Now, I would say as a coach, do it your damn self if you got the time. Like drip campaigns, campaigns, print them out, stuff them, stamp them, seal them, lick them. The fact of the matter is, is that they're, they're just, they didn't work. And so that's where Fill My Schedule came from. And now it represents a third of our revenue which is crazy. VCs, venture capitalists, aren't really keen on that. They want to see the recurring revenue of Service Monster, which they don't consider Fill My Schedule to be part of. And so that revenue isn't even part of the equation when we kind of talk about, you know, uh, about once a month, an interested VC comes across my desk and I'm like, I'll have the conversation just to keep my chops up, but I'm not looking for, we've never had any venture capital in this company. Unlike some of our competitors, $20 million they got to make up for. Holy shit. <laughs> like, I don't want that burden over my head, at least not until, uh, not until we're, you know, at the five to 10 million mark. So, um, yeah, well, that's, that's all I got here, Joe. Cool. So uh, Facebook was kind of quiet today. Like no questions from the Facebook audience. That's, that's good. Uh, I would encourage you guys to join us every Friday at 3 o'clock Pacific time on Facebook Live to see uh, the podcast live. But you can also catch us on YouTube where we're posting the video for the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and we'll be adding Spotify to the distribution list, although it's not on there yet. So keep a lookout for that. Um, and uh, keep smug rolling, guys. If you have questions, feel free to hit us up. You can hit us on ServiceMonster, uh, email at support at servicemonster.net, or you can give us a ring at 888-901-3300. All right, that's all we got for today, guys. See you guys next week. Thanks for playing.